Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Before we read chapter 3, I just want to say that Romans 3 is probably the most profound chapter of all of Paul's writing. Romans chapter 3, in some ways, encapsulates not only Paul's theology, Paul's gospel of salvation, but the entire New Testament concept of righteousness by faith, being justified by faith, apart from the works of the law. And so Paul goes into a lot of examples about um, Judaism and aspects of Judaism that was not sufficient to bring mankind to the place of relationship with God that God desired. And he talks about the fact that Jesus is the one that had to come to justify us through his sacrifice and so forth. So it's a very important chapter, friends. I want you to give it um, your best ear. And uh, I just pray up front, Lord, open the eyes of our understanding to the words of Paul from Romans chapter 3. Reading now, verse 1. What advantage then is there in being a Jew, or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true, and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument, Paul says. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result? Their condemnation is just. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, 
There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time, so as to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where, then, is boasting? It is excluded because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of course, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. We uphold the law. I'd like to have a little bit of a serious conversation with you because this chapter merits our serious consideration. Jumping ahead to verse 28, we read that we maintain that a person is justified by faith. Now, this justified, someone once said, justified means just as if I had never sinned. So, justified means as if you had never sinned. How do you become justified? By faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, this chapter makes the clear case that no one is righteous. Reading in verse 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one righteous, friends. That's you, that's me, that's every man who ever lived. Now, I'm going to jump around a little bit because the book of Romans has some other things to say on this justification and on our basic sin nature. We're reading from chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Now, this is talking about original sin through Adam. Through Adam, sin entered the world. Death through sin, and death came to all people. And so, this initial death, this sin that separated mankind from God, came through Adam. But God had a solution. It's the God-man, Jesus Christ. Verse 22 of Romans chapter 3. This righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ. So just as through one man sin came into the world, through one man redemption came. That's the man, Christ Jesus. But while we were still sinners, Jesus came and lived and died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, friends, Jesus didn't die on the cross because you were so lovely and wonderful and well-behaved. He died because you were separated from God. He died before you were even born, before I was even born. He died to make provision for us while we were still sinners. The world was still separated from God when He gave His life so that we might once again be unified with the God who created us. So there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. There's no one righteous in and of themselves. It's all through the mercy of God extended through us through the God-man, Christ Jesus. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Through Adam, we were all guilty of original sin, and we perpetuated that sin through our own behaviors. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the correct payment for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That means what we deserve is death. We deserve a natural death. We deserve a finite existence in our mortal bodies and then eternal separation from the God who created us to be with him. But God has extended a free gift to me and to you. That's eternal life that can be found in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You just have to accept it. Jesus Christ is the gift of God that brings eternal life and forgiveness. It erases our sins. It eradicates our old nature and brings us into a relationship with a loving God and Father who has yearned for our fellowship since the day we were born. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says you will be saved. Once again, quoting from a different chapter of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. There's that word justified again. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so we see a kind of a two-part thing here. You declare with your mouth, profess that Jesus is your Lord, that God raised him from the dead, and you must believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now, friends, I, I often have a room full of people that I'm speaking to, and I can get them to declare with their mouths what I ask them to while they're seated in front of me. But I can't make them believe in their hearts. God says that you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And in this way, you'll be saved. You'll be regenerated. As the late Billy Graham used to say, you'll be born again. And so, friends, we need to be born again. You need to be born again. You need to declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You need to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you do these things, the Bible says that you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. That's how you become just as if you had never sinned. You believe in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You declare him your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Not some symbolic resurrection, but a literal resurrection. It is symbolic in this sense, the fact that Jesus was literally raised from the dead as the first of the resurrections from the dead indicates to us that we too will be raised through him into eternal life. And so I want to challenge you today, friends. Do you know Jesus? Do you have this personal relationship with Jesus? Have you declared with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? If not, you need to take care of that little bit of business today. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray the prayer, and praying the prayer is part of it, but you must also believe in your heart. Dear Lord God, pray this, friends. Dear Lord God, I know that I've sinned against you, and I stand separated from you. I need your forgiveness, and I need you. I confess that Jesus is my Lord, and I turn from my sins today. I ask you to come into my life, and regenerate my spirit, that I might be born again. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I put my trust and hope in God, and I accept the free gift of salvation in Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
And friends, if you've prayed that prayer, if you've declared with your mouth, I want you to testify to someone today that you've made this commitment of faith. I want you to assure God in your own heart that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. If you do these things, what the Bible says is true. You will be saved. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.